I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about the woman in white ghost. But before I get to that, let's go right into the shout-outs. I'm going to run through them as quick as I can. Sarah, Nanashi, Rodney, Michaela, Jeff, Lash, Martin, Jim, Jory, David, Jade, Megan, Laura, Shani, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Kira, Rich, Rachel, Laura, Angie, Anthony, Carolyn, Chuck, Dan, Daniel, Dill, Edgar, Heidi, Jeff, Juliana, Kat, Laura P., Laura O., Lindsay, Maggie, Hi Maggie, Matt, Pablo, and Carolyn. These people are cooler than you because they are members of Patreon.com slash Paranormal Almanac. Please go and check out patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac to support the show. And also, check out both paranormalalmanac.com, which is brand new and I'm adding stuff all the time, and paranormalalmanac.storeenvy.com, where you can actually buy official Paranormal Almanac merchandise. More merchandise will be added all the time. It's just the beginning. But for those of you who asked me for merch... Now's your chance to buy it. I'd also like to do two special shout-outs. These special shout-outs are for Caitlin and Rose. They know why. They're just awesome. With that, let's get into paranormal news. Up first is a story out of Baltimore County, Maryland, called No Place to Run, Lock Raven Reservoir's Forgotten UFO, 60 Years Later. The story's about a UFO encounter that happened around midnight on October 26, 1958. Alvin Cohen and Philip Small were taking a drive by Lock Raven Reservoir in Towson when they said a great iridescent egg-shaped object appeared above a bridge. As with almost every UFO encounter, especially those back in the day, their car just stopped dead. No headlights, no engine, no ignition, nothing. Small said there was no place to run. We probably would have if we could have, but we were terrified at what we saw. Cohen said that the men hid behind the car and watched the object hover. There was a flash of light and noise and heat, and then, Cohen said, it rose into the sky and disappeared. The reason I'm bringing up such an old story, if case you didn't catch on to it, October 26th this year will mark 60 years since Cohen and Small reported seeing the mysterious object above the reservoir. And you have to remember, there was nothing like this in the skies. We didn't own anything like it. The Russians didn't own anything like it. Nobody owned anything like it. And shockingly, Even to me, this story seems to have disappeared. If it wasn't for this newspaper article mentioning the 60th anniversary, I never would have known about this story. And it seems to have everything you want in a classic UFO story. And I apologize, apparently they're doing yard work outside. So I apologize for any background noise you guys hear, but getting back to the story. This seems to have everything you want in a UFO story. You have two eyewitnesses. You have an object that is nothing like we had at all at the time or today. We have classic UFO sightings. It hovered. It was silent. It moved at incredible speeds. It had heat. It had light. And the Air Force was involved. But again, for some reason, this story has kind of disappeared to time. 
So I want everybody, if you can, if you have a moment and you want to look it up, I highly suggest you look up the Small and Cohen Lock Raven Reservoir UFO Sighting. Next up in paranormal news, there are Airbnb's top haunted listings for Halloween. That's right, Airbnb has compiled their top seven haunted listings. They're a vintage estate in La Cunada, Flint Ridge. The house was built in 1929 by Robert T. Moore, an ornithologist who kept thousands of exotic birds and aviaries on the property. Apparently, it was haunted even before its construction was completed. Legend has it, no one laborer could repeat a workday so as to protect the secrets of the house. Now, its owners passed away in his bedroom on Halloween Eve in 1958. Now, according to Airbnb, I didn't look it up, no record of his burial place has ever been found. I find that highly unlikely, but I'll play along. Next up, we have the Maison Vitry in New Orleans, which you might know as the house from American Horror Story. Next up, we have Captain Grant's in Preston, Connecticut. Now, its home near the Mystic Coast served as a shelter for the Continental Army soldiers during the Revolutionary War and escaped slaves during the Civil War. Now, apparently, there are a lot of ghost sightings at this house. If you go there, please do a paranormal investigation and let me know what you find. All right, next up, we have the Parks Bowman Mansion in New Orleans. Again, it seems to be very haunted, the host say, by a young girl in a yellow dress from the 1890s. But the listing says she is, quote, very shy. Next up, we have the Manor in St. Paul, Minnesota. It was built in 1883, the most mysterious house in the city. And apparently... It has a Doberman named Scorch guarding it. I don't know if they mean a live one or a ghost one, so you'll have to go and check it out. Next up on this list is Laura's Cottage in Savannah. It was a cabin built in 1799, and apparently it's a frequent stop on ghost tours in the historic Georgia town. Next up, the David Stewart Farm in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Not shockingly, because it's in Gettysburg, it is haunted by Civil War ghosts. So there you have it. And I'll put this link on the Facebook page because I think this is one that you guys should do. If you're in the areas, please go to Airbnb and stay at one of these haunted listings. Okay, with that, let's get right into this edition. Okay, with that, let's get right into this edition. Now, I'm sure you've all heard some story of people seeing a ghostly woman in white, but... I doubt it's the same story as someone else. So how common is it, and where is it most prevalent, and why? After doing some research, it seems the most common story is of a woman being betrayed by a husband or a fiancé and then taking her own life. But other variations include women murdering their own children after the betrayal of their spouse, and then they commit suicide. Or they're somehow responsible for their children's death, either knowingly or not, and yet another version is that she's seen by the side of the road waiting for unfaithful men to pick her up. So from the get-go, there are a variety of different stories about a woman in white ghost. Now the name white lady and woman in white refer to reported sightings describing these ghosts as a Caucasian, sometimes Hispanic woman, wearing a flowing white dress. So let's take a look at this phenomenon from around the world. Let me tell you how it got started. I grew up in Michigan, and there were stories of a hitchhiking ghost that you'd pick up, she'd either vanish, or she'd scare you, and you'd crash your car. And then I noticed that when I moved out to California, there was another version, or there was a similar version, or the same story, yet out here. 
So when I went to investigate one specific story in San Francisco, the one I'm about to tell you about, that's when I realized these women in white, these white lady or woman in white ghosts seem to be everywhere. So, like I said, let's get right into this one. The first one is from San Francisco, and it's called The Ghost of Stowe Lake. And this happens in the Golden Gate Park. And her story is this. One day in the early 1900s, some sources say 1906, but after the Great Earthquake of 1906, most records were destroyed by fires, so it's hard to say when or even if this actually happened. So, take it with a grain of salt. But, the story goes, a woman was walking through the park with her baby in the stroller when she decided to take a rest and sit down next to Stowe Lake. Apparently, it was a perfect scenic day, and she was chatting with someone next to her and enjoying the park when the stroller apparently rolled away and into the lake. Now, the ladies were so engaged in their conversation that they didn't notice it happened, and the baby tragically drowned. The legend goes she didn't see the stroller in the lake, so she frantically began looking all over the park for her baby, thinking someone took the stroller and the baby. She went all around the lake, asking everyone she passed if they had seen her baby. Now, after scouring the entire park, the mother then returned to the lake and dove right in, right in front of the police and the bystanders. Stick with me, because the story says that she never surfaced. And although the body of the dead baby was eventually found, the mother had simply vanished. Okay, let's pause right there. It's a great story, but it's utter BS. There is no way they would have let some woman jump into the lake, and she would have to actually run into the lake for a bit, because Stowe Lake is pretty damn shallow for a bit. Then, they wouldn't just let her disappear and be done with it. Even back then, they would have searched for her until the body was found. Again, it's a, it's a wonderful tale. It's a very creepypasta story. I don't believe most of it. And I say most of it because there does seem to be some truth to the story. Or at least to the ghost of Stow Lake. Because the first mention of a ghostly woman in Golden Gate Park is a front page chronicle story from January 6th, 1908. Either eight years after it happened or two years after it happened at the most eight years after it happened. Now, the article tells the tale of Arthur Pigeon and his car full of female partygoers. They were speeding right through the park when they were pulled over. When the cop got to the car, he found a bunch of terrified people in it. Pigeon told the officer that they'd seen a, quote, thing directly in front of their vehicle. It was, quote, clad in a luminous white robe and holding its arms extended as though to stop the progress of the car. Pigeon goes on to say it was a thin, tall figure. It seemed to shine. It had long, fair hair, and it was barefooted. I did not notice the face. I was too frightened. Now, the cop thought they were drunk and asked Arthur to show him where they had seen the woman in white ghost. But, of course, she was gone. Captain Gleason of the park station was informed of the affair, and the Chronicle wrote... He gave orders that any ghost answering this description is to be arrested on sight. So, sure, they're having a little fun with it, but it was a news story, it was a front-page news story, and it does seem to mention a woman in white ghost. Now, the story of this ghost goes back quite a ways, and the park was known to be a place where people committed suicide. So much so, in fact, that the San Francisco Call newspaper ran a Sunday feature in the 1900s called the Park Suicides. 
So if there's a feature being regularly run in a paper called the Park Suicides, this park has some serious bad mojo going on. A lot of people have died here. And even though I doubt a mother jumped in the lake in front of the cops and in front of other people never to return, the woman in white might just be a ghost of a woman who died in the park. Or maybe there is more truth to this story because a July 10th, 1906 call article states Mary Cook and Nellie Gilligan, both 12 years old, earthquake refugees living in the park, remember, this was just after the great earthquake of San Francisco that just about leveled San Francisco. So there was two 12-year-old girls living in the park. They reported to police that they had seen, quote, the naked body of a baby floating in Lloyd Lake. Now, Lloyd Lake is a pond very near Stowe Lake. Of course, police made a full investigation, but no baby was ever found. Which leads me to ask you this. Was this a ghost baby sighting? Are these connected or is this how the legend got started? Did people start to put two and two together? Oh, I saw a ghost of a woman. Now we saw a ghost of a baby. I bet you what happened is the woman and the baby are connected. You know, it doesn't take much for these stories to kind of get started. So we have the making of a great ghost story. And she's been seen dozens and dozens of times since then. In fact, just about every decade has a story of spotting the woman in white or the ghost of Stowe Lake. There are many reports of people coming across a frantic-looking barefoot woman dressed in white somewhere in the park who will ask, quote, Have you seen my baby? Before vanishing. I found reports from the 60s, the 70s, the 90s. She was even spotted in 2010 by a group of bicyclists in the park. They said, once we were halfway around the lake, someone shouted, There's the ghost across the water near the pagoda. We all stopped, and sure enough, a woman in a white flowing gown was pushing through the reeds like she was looking for something. We all heard a distinct eerie wailing as if someone was in deep distress or mourning. We knew that the lake was supposed to be haunted, but we had no idea we'd actually see the ghost. Apparently, they even called out to her, and she just continued wailing and gesturing. Nearby tourists with small children freaked out and ran away, and the ghost reportedly stuck around for nearly 10 minutes. Now, I realize that cameras on cell phones in 2010 weren't as prevalent as they are now, but you're telling me that none of the phones had cameras? And you're telling me there was all these people around who watched a ghost for 10 full minutes, including tourists, and not one picture was taken of the ghost? Come on, guys. Now, these stories alone make this a great woman in white story. It's a great first story for this edition. But... There are also some most definitely creepy pasta BS stories about her, too. Now, in these stories, people don't just spot a ghost wandering around. No, she actually drifts up out of the water of Stowe Lake to plead to visitors to help her find her baby. The stories go that cars stall out somewhere close to the lake, and when the person gets out to fix the car or walk to somewhere, she appears coming out of the lake, rising up. And she doesn't even have a sword or anything. She's just rising up asking for a baby. There's also cold spots, feeling of being watched, and other basic spooky crap. But wait, there's more BS at Stowe Lake. Because another rumor is that the lady can actually be summoned if you stand beside the water's edge of Stowe Lake and chant, White lady, white lady, I have your baby, three times. 
The phantom comes up out of the water. She asks if you've seen her baby, but guess what? There's no correct answer. Because if you say yes, she'll haunt you forever. And worse, if you say no, she'll kill you right there. How they know that if you got killed and that's what killed you is beyond me. So it's all BS. It's all creepypasta. That being said, I don't think it's a good idea to go to Stow Lake and start screaming, White lady, white lady, I got your baby. That seems like a bad idea. Sorry, it's 2018. Don't do it. Now, I will say there are a number of sightings of the ghost of Stow Lake. So I'm not saying those are BS, but these two creepypasta stories, total BS. So like I said, these stories happen around the world, so I should just be moving on to another location, right? Well, there's actually more crap at Stowe Lake. Because there's a statue that lies at the entrance of Stowe Lake called the Pioneer Mother. It was created in 1914 to honor the pioneer women of the Old West and placed in Golden Gate Park in 1940. Where it was for almost 30 years, I have no idea. But somehow this statue has become part of the... Part of the lore of the ghost of Stowe Lake. The statue is of a woman with outstretched arms welcoming two children. Now the pose suggests there's room for a third they're waiting for. And the story goes that the statue actually moves. Typically moving its head from side to side as if to look for a lost child. It's also reported that it'll change its facial expressions and sometimes even distort its features into a hideous, twisted, evil face. There are also stories of people seeing the phantom shape of a third, much smaller child on the statue, which will vanish if you approach it. And if that's not bad enough, there's also stories of the sounds of disembodied children's laughter coming from the statue. So the first one on this list has got a lot of tales about the ghost of Stowe Lake. Some I believe more than others. Some have been reported for well over a hundred years, and some definitely seem to be the new creepypasta-esque kind of stories. Now, even though I'm done with the ghost of Stowe Lake, before I leave San Francisco, I want to stop and debunk something right off the bat. I'm going to debunk Flora Summerton. Now, Flora Summerton was an 18-year-old from San Francisco's Knob Hill who in 1876 fled her parents at a formal dance because they announced her betrothal to a much older man. Remember, I'm debunking this. This is all fake. Now, depending where you get your BS, some stories say she fled on her wedding day instead of the date of the announcement, but all say several years later, some say up to 50 years later, in 1926, her body was found in Butte, Montana. She was apparently working as a housekeeper under the name Mrs. Butler. The room she was found in was filled with newspaper articles reporting her disappearance and even stranger at the time of her death She was wearing that same 19th century white ball gown that she fled San Francisco in. Now, the story goes on to say the family had brought her back to San Francisco and buried her in the family plot. Except there is no records of a Flora Summerton living in and or fleeing from Knob Hill. There are no police reports from Knob Hill. There are no police reports from Butte, Montana about her body being found. And there is no Mrs. Butler ever found in Butte, Montana. There are no death certificates back in San Francisco for a Flora Summerton or a Mrs. Butler. This story is utter nonsense, but it is everywhere online. When you start to search for a woman in white, for some reason it brings you to this story. 
because the ghost story says that Flora haunts California Street between Jones and Powell Streets, where she once lived, and is known as the Ghost Bride of Knob Hill, or the Lady in White. So let me stop right here, everybody. If you go to website, and they tell you that the story of Flora Summerton is a real story, stop, get off that website, it's all BS. They didn't do two minutes worth of research to prove that this story never happened. It's utter nonsense. In fact, every version of this story online, and like I say, there are dozens of them. They're almost all virtually identical because they're all copying and pasting the same BS from each other. It's the only reason this story keeps going. It's not real. Flora Summerton is not real. It's all BS. Nothing more. Nothing less. Okay, we can finally move on from San Francisco. From here, let's go to Texas or Mexico, depending on where you get your information. Now, this lady in white is either called La Lorna or Maria. Again, depending on where you lived and where you heard it first. It's another ghostly woman looking for her drowned children story. This one goes... She was married and had two children, but her husband was not faithful, and after catching him cheating on her with a younger and prettier woman, and knowing how much her husband loved the children, La Lorna, or Maria, threw them into the river, letting them drown. Afterwards, either in remorse or in an attempt to save her children, she jumps into the river and also drowns. Now, it's said that she's not permitted into the afterlife until she can find her children. So she wanders the river, looking for them every night. Okay, let's call that one version A. Version B of Lalorna or Maria is that she's a widow with two children, and she's falling in love with a man who did not want any children. So, of course, she throws them in the river and they die. The man is appalled, and she's arrested or hanged or killed or commits suicide by drowning in the river. There's a lot of version B out there. Version C. Lalorna's a widow with two children who needs to find a husband in order to support herself and the children. One night, while she was out at a bar trying to find a husband, and wouldn't you know it, bandits raided her home and slaughtered her two children. Why? I don't know. It doesn't say. The story's BS. So, anyhow, grief-stricken and feeling guilty, she went insane and began wandering around looking for her children, even to this day. Are you ready for this last one? Version D. Lalorna or Maria is an evil woman who cheats on her husband, eventually kills her kids since they kept her from her lover. Boom, drowned kids, she's a ghost. Done. Now, if those weren't bad enough, in at least one version, while trying to get into the afterlife, she's tricked by the devil, posing as God, into killing more children. So, yeah, that happens too. Now, again, today she's known as Lalorna, or the weeping woman, or the crier, and she meets all the criteria. She's a woman, she's wearing a white gown, she glows, she's wandering around searching for her children or lovers, and asks those she runs across, ¿Dónde está mi hijos? Which I think is something about, where have you seen my, have you seen my children? I'm sure I didn't say that right, because I don't speak Spanish. Now, in this tale, though, she snatches up children, either thinking they're hers and drowns them, or just drowns them out of anger. It doesn't really go too specifically into why she's drowning them, so... Take your pick. Now, this legend is often used to scare children into behaving. Like the other urban legends, if you lock yourself in a room with a mirror, 
light some red candles, and say her name a few times into the mirror, she'll appear and snatch you away. I didn't have any red candles, but I did have a white number one birthday candle. So I lit that, went into the bathroom, closed the door, turned the lights off, said, La Lorna, La Lorna, La Lorna, nothing happened. So I said, Maria, 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 still nothing happened. It did smell like uh, birthday candles, though, so that was kind of nice. But she didn't appear and she didn't snatch me away. Again, how anybody knows that she snatched you away is beyond me because they would just think you left. It's not like LaLorna leaves something on the mirror saying, Hey, I snatched Susie. She said my name three times. So let's go into the origins of the LaLorna or Maria legend. Now, they may go back to Aztec times. Listener warning, Kurt is about to butcher some Aztec names. Because the Aztecs had a goddess named Kiakotl, who was a goddess of fertility and motherhood. The legend goes she abandoned her son, Mixcotl, at a crossroad and still returns to that spot and weeps for him. In the Aztec legend, women who die in childbirth become spirits and are called Kiahetitota. Kiahetitio. Kiahetitio. Sure, I suppose that's close enough. Keep going with the story, Kurt. These spirits often haunt crossroads, stealing children at night and seducing men. Now, Lalorna was just in either South Texas or Northern Mexico. That's where the story seems to really have come from. But she's now often seen in California, too. Her ghost has been seen in San Juan Capistrano, in the town of Sangern, Escondido, Lompoc, and many more towns. They all seem to have Lalorna spottings. In fact, there's a creek near San Juan Capistrano where she can often be found wandering along the creek and it's in O'Neill Regional Park. And it seems with just a little bit of research that the reason LaLorna is kind of spreading through the Southwest is because of Mexican immigration, legal immigration, into the Southwest. The stories are being passed down generation after generation, and they still to this day are being passed down, probably to keep kids behaving. All right, where else is the woman in white seen? Well... In Brazil, she's called Dama Branca, or Mulher de Branco, and this lady in white is said to be the ghost of a young woman who died giving birth. And she appears as a pale woman in a long white dress, and depending on the version, she's either weeping silently, or she'll tell you all about how she died. From there, let's move on to Canada, because she's seen near... Montmorency Falls, near Quebec City. Now, in this version, she's the ghost of a young woman whose soon-to-be husband was killed while fighting against the British in the Battle of Beauport. The young couple allegedly used to meet near the top of the falls, and in her grief, she throws herself over the falls in her wedding gown. In fact, a smaller waterfall just nearby now bears the name Chute de la Dame Blanc, or White Lady Waterfall in reference to this legend. So this legend has been around for quite a while as well. From there, let's go to Connecticut, where there's been a woman in white sighting at the Union Cemetery in Easton since at least the 1940s. And also, the nearby Stepney Cemetery in Monroe, Connecticut. This woman in white was supposedly photographed and videotaped by Lorraine and Ed Warren. And if those names sound familiar, it's because they're the paranormal investigators of the Amityville Horror. 
but all I could find were crappy orb dust pictures, and according to Lorraine, she keeps the videotape of the woman in white locked away because it's so valuable. So, you, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Now, legend has it that this white lady is the spirit of a woman who was murdered in the 1940s after she killed her husband. Or, she was killed at the turn of the 20th century and had her body dumped in a sinkhole behind the church. Or, or she died while giving birth and is searching for her lost child. Again, website to website can't quite keep these stories straight. It all depends on what site you go to and what version of the woman in white you happen to run across. From here, let's go all the way out to Malta, where the white lady lives in Verdala Palace in the small forest of Busket Rabat Malta, or Busket Rabat Malta. Here, it's a legend from a long time ago of a woman who was going to be married to a man she didn't love, so on the day of her wedding, she killed herself by jumping off the balcony. Now, this one, she's actually been seen in the palace quite a bit, actually, and always wearing a white gown. Now, there's another white lady in Malta that has a completely different, unrelated tale about her. This one is, she was killed by her lover after she was forced to marry another man. Now, there are a lot of reports of her, too, but this one is always seen after 8 o'clock in the evening. So, she apparently has a lot to do before 8 o'clock. So, if you were expecting to see her before 8 o'clock, you're going to be sadly disappointed. Now, this one usually appears to children under 8 years old, so, obviously, she has a fixation with the number 8 after 8 o'clock to children under 8 years old or heartbroken teenage boys and especially to elderly men. While she tells the children good night and bids them to return home, she advises the teenager to find another or to join her and become part of her, quote, shadow, which is apparently her ghostly followers. Now, what about the elderly men, you might ask? Well... She attempts to lure them into her shadow. So, you know, good times in Malta because you never know which white lady you're going to see. And depending on how old you are, you might not want to see either one of them. Next, let's go to the Netherlands. Now, this one I'm going to screw up the names. So be prepared. More name screw-ups in less than five seconds. Here, she is known as Vrouwen in Wit or Witte Wieven which in modern Dutch literally translates to white women. But originally it seems to have meant wise women. And that's in the dialect of the Dutch Low Saxon. And here in the Netherlands, it's not just one woman in white. There are multiple women. In fact, there are a lot of them, and they're all mythical creatures. Sometimes referred to as wit jofers, white maiden, and are similar in lore to banshees, elves, and fairies. And they're also similar to the northern vulva, which are a fairy-like being, and they're dressed in veils of fog and hidden within it. They can either be really good and offer good advice, or evil and abduct people and switch children after birth. Now, this legend has been around for just about forever, and in fact, there's an old tale about them from Johann Picard, from 1660, but that I'm not going to read to you because I was about to, but then I realized how long it was, and frankly, it's kind of boring. So, maybe I'll post that on Facebook. Now, like I said, there are a lot of tales of both of them in the Netherlands and in nearby countries, but they all have the same telltale stuff. Women in white, crying, ghostly glow, 
might kill some children, the usual stuff. From there, let's go on to Thailand. It's a little different here. This is the story of teenagers going into a deserted house just outside of Bangkok to look for ghosts and afterwards died from accidents. Now, in each case, witnesses claimed to have seen the presence of a mysterious long-haired woman in a white dress. A medium claimed that this was a vengeful spirit named Dao or Duan. So if you go to Bangkok, don't do any of that. Now, in Ireland, she is known as the White Lady of Kinsale. According to legend, one of the fort's soldiers married a local girl and they stayed at Charles Fort for their wedding night. The soldier had watch duty that night and got a bit drunk from the day's celebration and he fell asleep. Other soldiers in the fort found him sleeping while on duty and following the protocol of the day, shot him at his post. After hearing about her husband's death, yes, I'm sure you guess what's about to happen, she flung herself from one of the fort's walls, where she's still seen in the castle to this day. And it's kind of hard for me to figure out how much is lore and how much is actual reports, especially in Ireland for some reason, because it kind of gets mixed together. So let's just say there are a lot of reports. They could all be true or they could all be crap. I have no idea. From there, let's go all the way down to Australia to Jenny Dixon Beach, which has its own woman in white. Well, a few actually. In version A, she was a shipwreck survivor and is looking for her son, or she is a rape victim and is seeking revenge. Both of these versions seem to have to do with the shipwreck, and that seems to be where this beach was named from. That's where Jenny Dixon got its name. There are a couple of stories online about it getting its name from the either the ship called the Jenny Dixon or from one of the passengers. It's kind of muddied, but there's something to do with the shipwreck. Now, there's been hundreds of credible sightings of this woman in white for the past 40 years. Now, version B, if you're ever driving along Wilfred Barrett Drive, heading towards Noraville in New South Wales, don't pick up a woman in white hitchhiking. Or do, I don't care. But she's going to disappear in your car and scare the crap out of you. Again, lots of sightings of her as well. Now, version C... You're driving along Wilford Barrett Drive. You see the ghost of a murdered woman just standing silently by the road. I don't think anybody's done it, but I'm just going to put it out there. Don't pick her up either because she's obviously been murdered and you don't need that on your interior. So, again, there's a lot of these sightings in Australia of the woman in white. How many are real and how much is just legend? I don't know. All right, from there, let's move down to Argentina where a young man was going to meet his love outside La Recoleta Cemetery in Buenos Aires. Now, let me repeat that. Young man was going to meet his love, so obviously he knows her, and outside a cemetery. Why? Who knows? It's as good a spot as any, I guess, to meet a girl that you're in love with. So he decides to take her out for the evening. The date went really well. The girl started to get a little cold, so she wore his jacket. She took it home to clean after spilling a drink on it. Yet when the young man visited her house the next day to pick up the jacket, he finally met her mother. And dun-dun-dun, she told the boy that her daughter had died years earlier and was buried in that very cemetery. Now in utter shock, the young man rushed to the cemetery and was astonished to find his jacket flung over the girl's headstone. So, you know, there's a happy ending to the story. He got his jacket back. 
So let's move on to the next one. Let's go over to England, and for this one, we have to go back to 1880 to Blenkinsop Castle in Northumberland. One night, a boy woke his parents screaming, The White Lady! Now, the tale goes to say that the lady had been angry and tried to take the boy away after he refused to accompany her to a box of gold buried in the vaults. Now, apparently, she couldn't rest while that gold was in the castle. This story is kind of anticlimactic because it ends because the boy started sleeping in his parents' bed and never saw her again. So from that one in England, let's go to a different white lady. She's also known as the Running Lady of Beeford, East Yorkshire. Now she resides on Beeford Strait, which is a stretch of road between Beeford and Brandonsburton. And I guarantee I'm saying every one of these names wrong. Motorists have reported her apparition running across the Beeford Strait towards the junction of North Frodingham. All of these sound made up. There's also a tale of a motorcyclist picking up a female hitchhiker on that very stretch of road. A few miles later, the motorcyclist, turning around, noticed his passenger had vanished. Or she had fallen off and he just didn't notice and he kept driving because he's a dick. I don't know. Still in England, there's another story of a white lady. She's seen retracing her steps as she's said to have jumped off the Portchester Castle while trying to retrieve her fallen child. Her spirit is said to haunt the castle to this day, so you got a few variations just about everywhere, and basically they all seem kind of made up, so I don't know what to think. All right, let's get back to the U.S., to New York, where a white lady is said to haunt Durand Eastman Park in Rochester, New York. She's also known as the Lady in the Lake... And apparently she's been around since the 19th century. She wanders the park area looking for the body of her daughter who was slain by a boyfriend or perhaps by a, quote, group of hoodlums. The rest is basic, though. She's looking for her child. She's in white. She's crying. She's a ghost. Now let's do a couple of quick honorable mentions of the woman in white. Florida, where a ghastly woman in white is seen at the Talamato Cemetery since the 19th century. It's said that the ghost is the spirit of a young woman who died suddenly on her way to be married and who was buried in her wedding dress. Boom, let's move over to Madisonville, Louisiana, where she's called the Silk Lady. Her ghost is said to haunt Palmetto Flats by Highway 22. Now, the story goes back to, quote, the mid-1800s, but I couldn't find any proof of it. There's a woman who was riding back from her town after seeing her lover off. She was riding down an old logging trail when a snake spooked her horse. She fell, she hit her head, she died. Now, several people have reported her as a woman dressed in a wispy, silky dress and that her feet don't touch the ground. Now, this one in Louisiana is a little bit different because the Silk Lady is also said to cackle like a banshee. From there, let's go to Muckleteo, Washington, where there's been a lot of sightings of a lady in white vanishing hitchhiker just off of Clearview Drive in the forest or on the road near the tree lines. So... If you're over there on Clearview Drive, keep an eye out for a vanishing hitchhiker. Does anybody ever see hitchhikers anymore? I couldn't tell you the last time I saw a hitchhiker, nor could I tell you why anybody would pick up a hitchhiker ever nowadays. Just don't pick up hitchhikers. Stay safe. All right, moving on to another quick one. In Dallas, Texas, at White Rock Lake Park, it's reported that the ghost of a 20-year-old-looking girl, that's a very specific look, apparently, is known as the Lady of White Rock Lake. She's described as wearing a water-soaked 1930s evening dress, appears at night along the roadside of East Lothar Drive. Now, she asked to be taken to her home on Gaston Avenue in Dallas before disappearing in the car. So, again, don't pick up hitchhikers. 
Now, this one can be kind of verified because there are reports of this ghostly encounter in a Dallas newspaper in the 1960s. So this story goes back quite a little ways. All right, let's wrap it up a little bit with the woman in white. There are a lot more sightings, but you get the idea. First of all, don't pick up a hitchhiker. Second of all, never drown your kids because you're trying to get back at a scorned lover that never seems to work out. Third of all, if you see a woman in white, take a photo of her. Take your phone out. Take a photo of her. I want to see not just any woman in white. Don't just be walking down the street and see a woman in white and take a photo of her. I don't care about that. I'm talking about a ghostly woman in white that appears to glow, that genuinely seems like she's a real ghost, not just because it's getting close to Halloween. But I want to see the photos of the woman in white. Now, what version of the story have you guys heard, though? I told you which ones I heard, and I was really surprised to find out that they're pretty much around the world, and they're always pretty close to the same. Like I said, this is just a small sampling of the list of women in white that I could find. There are a ton more out there. They all basically check off that same checklist of woman in white, she's crying, something to do with water, something to do with kids, something to do with a scorned lover, and they all seem sad. So let me ask you this. Why do you think that this woman in white story has been around for hundreds of years? Why has it not gone away? Is it, is it really that we just all have heard this tale and we all pass off these urban legends? And that's why these creepypasta ones are adding to the legends to keep them going? Or do you think there's something to this? Is there something to the woman in white ghost around the world? So have you ever seen a ghostly woman in white? If so, I obviously want to hear about it. Would you ever pick up a ghostly hitchhiker? How about a regular hitchhiker? Tell you the only hitchhikers I pick up are the hitchhiking ghosts at the Haunted Mansion. Besides that, no thank you, I'm good. So with that, as always, I'm your host Kurt Sandvig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac.